Welcome to the What Bitcoin Did podcast. Hello there from Locked Down Bedford. How are you all? How are you all coping with this crazy world we're in right now? We are in lockdown here. The government have put in place some new rules for us. Yeah, it's all getting a bit weird, all getting a bit strange. Anyway, welcome to the show. Welcome to What Bitcoin Did Podcast, which is brought to you by Kraken, the best place to buy and sell Bitcoin. I'm your host, Peter McCormack, and today I've just got a short and bonus show with one of my sponsors, Chandan Loda, discussing the exciting world of Bitcoin tax. Now, this is just a short and bonus show. I think it's less than half an hour long, so I'm not going to be doing full sponsor ads. Just a quick note to make sure you do check out Kraken, the best exchange for Bitcoin, BlockFi, the future of Bitcoin and financial services, Sat Street the easiest way to send your friends Bitcoin and the virtual consensus event that's being run as the main event that's been closed down due to coronavirus. Okay, so onto this show. Let me explain what's going on here. As we are all in isolation, I thought we all needed a bonus show. We all needed some entertainment. So Pete's got you. I've got you. I couldn't think of anything more exciting to break up the boredom of this lockdown than to talk about tax. Is there anything we all love more than tax? <laughs> Oh, God. I'm really sorry. So listen, let me explain what's going on here. I know this is a bullshit subject, but I recently announced a new sponsor, Cointracker. They are a company which helps you prepare your tax returns. And because of this, I got a small amount of backlash. Not a lot, but a few people coming at me saying I'm supporting the man. I should be anti-tax. Where is the freedom fighter within me? This Bitcoin isn't about tax. I should be fighting this etc etc and cool listen i understand this but still i pay my taxes because i, I don't want to go to jail uh, or i don't want to go to court and face a massive fine i'm sure there are listeners to this show who have strong libertarian beliefs and taxes theft and an infringement on your property rights perhaps you don't even pay your taxes um which is cool you carry on but for me i accept this i do pay my taxes and the government collects my trash and i drive on the roads now this doesn't make me an evil or bad person. This just makes me somebody who's practically living in the society we have. I would love to fight against all of this, but right now I am a single father with two children and going to jail for not paying my taxes is not really something which is going to work for me. So based on the feedback, I went back to Chandan, I told him, I actually sent it over to him, and we decided it might be a good idea to get him on the show to go through the ramifications of not paying your taxes and how actually filing your Bitcoin taxes can save you money. So this is optional. If you don't want to pay your taxes, cool. I actually think you're a hero. Uh, well done for you for doing that. I do, and I know other people do. I know plenty of people do because I've talked about this with other people in the Bitcoin world. Even some who are staunch libertarians, I do know, pay their taxes because they also do not want to face the ramifications of this. I am open to feedback for this, so please do get in touch. Obviously, you can reach out to me. It's hello at whatbitcoindid.com. Anyway, back to the lockdown. Looking forward to speaking to you all soon. Chandan, how you doing? Not bad. Thanks for having me, Peter. No problem. Look, this is a funny one because you're a sponsor at the moment and when anyone sponsors the show, they're always like, yeah, Pete, can we come on? And I'm always like, uh, no. I mean, if the subject's interesting, yeah, we'll do it. Uh, if you've got an interesting story, yeah, but but only because of that. But no, I'm always having to turn down sponsors because uh, you can't pay for the show. And then when you ask and it's like tax, I'm like, yeah, there's no chance. Sorry, mate. We're not we're not gonna we're not gonna have you want to talk about tax because it's it's really boring. And then can I, I tell you what happened? Well, well, you know what happened. Let's but I've got to explain what happened to the listeners here. So I end up putting out your first ad 
do the first ad read. And I don't know if you saw it, but there was like somebody on Twitter and there's somebody on Reddit. And they're like, what the fuck are you doing, Pete? Why have you got a tax company on your podcast? Why are you supporting tax, man? Why are you helping the man? You know, tax is theft. <laughs> and I was like, ah, oh, shit. Well, I pay tax. So that's when I reached out to you and I was like, uh, well, actually, I, did re- I told you, but then I saw you in San Francisco, right? And I was like, yeah. Yeah, someone's giving me some shit, Chandon. Like, they're saying I shouldn't be supporting a tax company. But I like paying my tax. And then that was when you told me about the subpoenas, right? Right, exactly. So listen, I think we've got to do this show because we've got to tell some of the stories. It doesn't matter how long this one is, right? Because we've got to get out there and land the messages. But we've got to tell these stories because I didn't know about these subpoenas. And uh, I've switched up the ad now. Have you heard the latest version? Yeah, I've been listening to the show. Yeah, so I've changed up the ad, and rather than just saying, you know, this is the best tax service in the world, I've been actually saying, look, if you don't want to pay your tax, don't pay it. I mean, I do, but if you're going to pay your tax, well, no, if you're going to ignore your tax, then these are the risks you face. So let's do it, because we are in tax season. Tell me about these subpoenas. Yeah, for sure. And just to kind of put it out there, it's not like I love tax. It's about <laughs> just getting the information out there, and you know, people can do with it you know, what, what they please. One other thing I just want to say up front is that I am not a CPA. So this is meant for informational purposes. Um, If you want tax advice, we encourage you to talk to a tax advisor. But to address your question about the subpoenas, so basically the tax authorities definitely want to make all the revenue that they can, especially from folks who have made a lot of money on cryptocurrency trading. And so one of the levers they've been pulling to help enforcement efforts around tax collection is subpoenaing the exchanges, which is the sort of centralized choke point where they know people have records of what trades people have made. So this has happened both domestically in the US, for example, with Coinbase, but also now starting to happen internationally, for example, with Bitstamp getting subpoenaed by the IRS as well. Well, so they're subpoenaing international companies? Yeah. Yes, they are. All right. And for me, like a subpoena doesn't sound good, but what does that actually mean? Because I'm not American. Yeah. (laughs) Basically, in layman's terms, what it means is the IRS presents a legal order to the exchange saying, we want XYZ records. So in the original case with Coinbase, what happened was they said, we want all the trading information and all the records you have around all your users. And if I recall correctly, basically, Coinbase took them to court and said, you know, this request is overbroad. And so they ended up settling with the, the judge ruling that they would basically turn over the records for users that had met a sufficient threshold of trading. I think it was people who had traded over 200 trades and over $20,000 worth of trade volume. So it was tens of thousands of, um, of traders on Coinbase. Wow. So they actually had to hand over that information and then what the IRS can just start getting in touch with these people. That's exactly what happened. So they handed it over. Um, they were sort of legally compelled to do this based on the judicial ruling. And they basically sent out tens of thousands of warning letters starting in the end of summer 2019, about six months ago. And basically, these letters started warning people saying, hey, we know you have cryptocurrency. We know you've made cryptocurrency trades. Don't forget to file your taxes. And that was kind of the milder version of the letter to the more extreme ones, which were you owe XYZ dollars. If you don't respond within 30 days, you're going to hear from us again. And there's going to be fees and penalties and things like that. Wow. So it's quite full on then. It's happening. Yeah. And yeah. yeah. And not just in the US. Um, Actually, just this past week, the ATO, the Australian Taxation Office, said that they were going to start sending out 350,000 of these letters, which is, I think, the biggest version of this I've seen. Yeah, it's a weird one, right? Because... 
Like, I obviously don't like it. You know, I don't like the fact that they can just go and request your information from a company. It's like you don't have any privacy anymore with a company. It's like you, you sign up and you create a service with Coinbase, but you have no privacy anymore because they can just go and request your information. You definitely have to be careful. Uh, um, if, you know, there's a good reason to be privacy conscious. And anytime you're using a service that KYCs, you should be aware that, you know, that information is KYC for a reason. There's some government organization or regulation that is forcing them to do that, which means there's a risk that that information could be turned over to authorities at some point. So if you're using a KYC product exchange, there's a risk. Well, why did they set that threshold? Why like 200 uh, trades and $20,000? Is, is it you're probably under a tax threshold at 20000 There's basically some precedent for that in the non-crypto world. So for example, if you're using a payment processor like PayPal or some other kinds of non-crypto financial products, there's that same threshold of 200 transactions and $20,000 worth of proceeds in order to trigger certain tax forms. They basically match that same threshold over for this case. Right. So basically what we're saying is if you're going to if you're going to trade crypto, bitcoin whatever and you're going to use it on a KYC exchange and you're based in the US, if you're not going to pay your taxes, there's a bit of risk there. <laughs> you're basically taking a gamble if you're not going to pay your taxes. What are the penalties? So it, it depends on basically how underreported this is. And this is actually another area where it can sometimes be advantageous to just file something. So for example, in the case of the IRS, there's a three-year statute of limitations, which means the IRS is only going to go back three returns in order to audit you or examine your account. If you have gross underreporting of your income, like over 25% of your income underreported, then they can go back six years. But if you haven't reported anything at all, then they can go back unlimited number of years. And they can go audit you back 20 years, 50 years, as many years as they want. And keep in mind, you know, these are transactions that are often happening on a blockchain, which means they're on a public ledger forever. So in terms of the penalties, it'll just depend on how much underreporting there is, what the circumstances were, if you were aware that you were underreporting or not. It can range from kind of settling with the IRS with some amount of penalties or fees up to, in some criminal cases, can actually lead to prison time. Uh, what? Really? Is that, has that happened? Uh, it definitely has with some of the IRS criminal investigations divisions around people who are using cryptocurrency for some kind of more heinous crimes. So, for example, okay. the IRS criminal investigations division just put two folks um, to trial or they indicted two folks who were basically doing large scale money laundering um, for other kinds of illegal activities using stolen cryptocurrency. Right. Okay, but you're not going to get put in jail just for tax avoidance, right? It's definitely less likely. Um, but it, again, it would depend on the scale. If you were doing criminal tax evasion at large scale, um, there, that's definitely a risk. Right. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, listen, look, I've got some questions about this because the funny thing is I pay my taxes, right? And I pay my taxes on my Bitcoin. But there was a period earlier on in when I first started trading crypto where I didn't do a proper tax return. I just didn't do it because I was like trading on different exchanges didn't really know what I was doing. It was very early on, wasn't taking it seriously. And uh, I spoke to my accountant. She said, we have to do a declaration. She said, we have to go to the tax man and just kind of be honest and say, look, this is what happened and do some kind of declaration, which which is cool and I'm doing. But one of the things I was like unsure about is I don't even have access to some of the exchanges I traded with. So what do people do in a situation like that? Yeah, this actually happens way more frequently than people would like to admit. 
is use an exchange that was shut down or it got hacked or it turned off API access or uh, it just doesn't exist anymore. What are you supposed to do? So uh, the IRS and other tax authorities are definitely aware of this because it happens so frequently. What we recommend folks to do in this situation is try to report to the best of your ability, which means if you have any records, if you have any CSVs or downloads or spreadsheets, if you have any access to the exchange, start there. If you don't, look for other kinds of records that you might have. Could be bank records, blockchain addresses, hash IDs, uh, emails, bank transfer, any, you know, whatever you have. And if it really have absolutely nothing, then just do your best to estimate from memory just to have some record of something. Because if you report something, you're triggering that you know, statute of limitations to count off. If you're reporting something, it shows that you're making a best effort versus if you do absolutely nothing, that's a way worse scenario when the tax man comes to you and says, why didn't you report anything versus, hey, I tried my best and this is what I have. Yeah, that was my accountant was saying to me. She was like, look, you've got to do something about this. Uh, I think it was a period of it was 017, early 18. She was like, you've got to do something about that because if you don't put anything in and they come after you, it looks like you're hiding something and they might do like a deep dive research into your background, which is cool. I've got nothing to hide, so I'm happy to do that. But I have, I do have another question. Another thing that's on my mind is there's different ways it's calculated. I don't know how much you know about the UK, but say they've got two ways of calculating the tax on crypto. There is um, capital gains, right? And that's at the point of sale of the specific coin. You sell that, right. what was the gain on that coin? And I can't remember what the, the amount is. But if you did some like frequent high volume trading, it could have been per trade. No, no, in that scenario, it's per trade. But if you were a frequent high uh, volume trader, it was based on the profitability of your trading during that period. Right. So yeah, my exactly. question is the ones where it's per trade, the one that always weirds me out is that, and I know this has happened to other people, you can end up owing more tax the money you've actually made, which doesn't seem fair or right. A lot of people were probably just trading in and out, not really thinking about they had to pay a per-tax trade. What have you seen with this kind of scenario? Do they just have to pay the tax or they can discuss this and negotiate it? Yeah, this is a really unfortunate situation. Um, and it happens uh, oftentimes due to the volatility of the market. And it happens not just in the UK. It can happen in the US or in other tax regimes as well. Um, and it doesn't, it's not even actually limited to just crypto. It can actually happen with other types of assets too, like for example, stocks. What happens is you can make a unrealized gain in one tax year and then have a loss that incurs in the following tax year, but you still have the, the gain that you made in, in the first year. So uh, I'll, give, I'll give you a really simple example. Like let's say you trade, uh, you, you buy one Bitcoin for $10. And then the Bitcoin starts mooning. It's so great. Everyone loves store value for Bitcoin. goes to $1,000. And then you're super happy about it. So you say, you know what? I've heard about ETH. ETH sounds so great. I'm going to trade my $1,000 Bitcoin for 10 ETH. And so now you've realized a $990 capital gain. Taxman says, you owe taxes on this. Next year rolls around. And right before you're paying your taxes, price of ETH crashes. DeFi is shutting down. Now the price of that ETH is zero. So in kind of the grand scheme of things, you went from $10 to $0. You have a loss. But in the eyes of the tax man, in the tax year, you had a $990 tax capital gain. And you're going to have to pay taxes on that. It could be hundreds of dollars. 
So this actually happened to a bunch of people when they were trading altcoins mm-hmm. or when they were kind of just, you know, going crazy with shit coins, not realizing that each crypto to crypto trade was taxable, but then not tax loss harvesting their portfolio before the end of the tax year, meaning that they had incurred all these gains, they had realized all these gains, they were actually realized, not unrealized, like I said earlier, but they didn't have enough money to actually pay those taxes come the following tax year. In those cases, people can actually end up in really tough circumstances. And oftentimes you might end up having to work directly with the tax authorities to figure out some kind of payment plan, maybe some kind of you know fee assistance or uh, long-term repayment program but they're not going to let you off the hook just because you you didn't know the tax rules. What you can do to mitigate bull- it is kind of yeah. bullshit though because you're you're paying tax. You say realize, but it it isn't really realized because you've never had the money in your pocket. And some yeah. the other thing is a lot of these coins are, can be like illiquid shit coins that you can't get out of. Yep. Yeah, that's totally fair. Uh, one thing that's totally different about the crypto space compared to other spaces is you can do all these crypto to crypto trades. People aren't typically trading Google stock for Facebook stock, so. Um, yeah, it is. It can be really total bullshit, um, to, to use your words, when you are trading crypto to crypto and accumulating a tax bill. That's how the tax rules are written, though. Yeah, well, it's different in the UK because if you if you uh, they changed it. So if you're a high frequency trader, they treat it like um, like a business, and it's the profits right. on all the trades, which I think right. is a better scenario because at least you forget that crypto to crypto is kind of like the profit you've made at the end of the trading period. And I think it's the profit you've made in once you've converted back to pounds as well. And I need to confirm that, but I'm guessing that's not the same as the, in the U S right. So it's, I don't believe it's uh, whether you've converted back to pounds. I think it's just an aggregate. You use basically oh, right, okay. the total profit and loss, which is actually the same as in the U S if you're a trader, if you're a full-time crypto trader, you could also use the same income-based regime where it would be a full profit and loss, but it would still be in crypto at the end of the year. And so if you had capital, instead of having capital losses or gains, you would have income losses and gains. But that it could still get you in hot water if you were doing sort of crypto to crypto trades. I think that's a better scenario though than, at least at that point, it's based on the at least the profit you've made, right? It, it, yes. You could still end up in a tricky situation though if you made profit in, in the tax year. And then everything just drops down right after the tax year before you pay your tax bill. Because oh, you have a loss the following year, but the, that you can claim on that loss, but that's on future earnings, right? Exactly. So it would net out after the next tax year, but in that intermediary time frame, you would have a cash flow issue. Yeah, while well, we're stuck in a bear market. Exactly, which can be tough. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. So, are there any other nuances between country to country that people need to think about? There are definitely different tax rules in each country. Um, The biggest one that we commonly see is the way that you're allowed to account for your capital gains and losses. Basically, if you have a crypto portfolio, even if it's just all one coin, like let's say you're all Bitcoin, if you're buying Bitcoin in different exchanges or holding them in different wallets, which Bitcoin is sold for a tax perspective when you sell that Bitcoin? And there is an incredible amount of accounting work that can go into this. The simplest example in the US, for example, is first in, first out. Pretty simple. First Bitcoin you bought, first Bitcoin you sold. But for people who are trying to do more sophisticated stuff, you can actually get into specific identification, meaning you're actually picking a specific accounting lot that you are selling when you are selling the coin. And the reason you would do all of this is you can actually dramatically lower your tax bill 
by doing this. It's tricky to do it by hand, but there are software programs that will basically automatically do this for you. Dude, listen, I don't know how anyone would do or calculate their taxes without using software. Certainly traders. I've got no idea how you would process hundreds and hundreds of transactions. You know, I I tried your uh, tool and I plugged in my wallets and exchanges and it, you know, calculated my tax. And actually, do you know what? I was surprised how low my tax was, but that was because I hadn't actually really been selling any Bitcoin. I've been stacking sets, right? Uh, it's based on uh, capital gains. But, but I just don't know how anyone would do this manually. We're talking, some people are, what, thousands, tens of thousands of trades. Yeah, that's basically the reason why we started working on this software at Cointracker to begin with, is we were trying to solve this problem for ourselves. It's a total nightmare to do it by hand. The best way to avoid this nightmare, by the way, like you said, is to stack sats and not sell, not trade, buy and, buy and hodl. Um, but if you do end up having those transactions, or even if you just want to keep track of what your portfolio looks like from an accounting perspective to understand your financial health, then software is definitely the way to go. And there's a bunch of software out there. You can even make your own spreadsheet, but it is typically a lot easier to do this with software. All right. So listen, look, bearing in mind, uh, I've been very irresponsible and not really paid any attention to this shit for the last few years. Uh, I put in, I ran through the software this time. I've got my tax calculation. It was cool. Handed over to my accountant. She loved it. All the all the hard work done for it, which is great. But if I was wanting to plan ahead next year, I, if I want to get my shit together, everything in order, what are the things that I can be doing to reduce my tax burden next year? What are the main bits of advice you'd be given? Okay, this is a great question. Um, and anyone can do this. You can actually save crazy amounts of money by just doing some smart tax planning ahead of the tax season. So the number one thing is first, make sure you have all your transactions recorded somewhere. So for example, if you're using tax software, you can use something like Cointracker, and you can basically plug in all of your exchanges, your wallets into one place. It will automatically reconcile all your transactions. So you can immediately get a sense of what coins do I have? How much are they worth? How long have I held them? The second thing you want to do is consider taking advantage of certain kinds of tax strategies that we hinted at before. The number one thing here is tax loss harvesting. And without going into too much mumbo jumbo about accounting, basically what you're doing is you are selling any assets that you have at a unrealized capital loss and then buying them back. And the effect of this is you have the same exact portfolio, the same exact coins, but you have less tax. And it sounds ridiculous, but it's basically a tax loophole, especially in the US that allows you to do this. (laughs) Tell me that again. What are you doing? You're basically selling your coins that are at an unrealized capital loss So something that you bought and it dropped in value, and then you're buying them back. Who am I selling them to? Doesn't matter. Anyone. Could be an exchange, could be to someone else. You could literally just sell on an exchange and buy it back, and that would be a tax loss harvesting. And the reason why you can do this is because you're basically realizing your capital loss and then just buying the coins back at a lower price. So the same exact coins have the same exact portfolio but you've realized a capital loss that you can write off your taxes. Uh, So hold on. Is this kind of like um, the opposite of what we were talking about earlier? It's the opposite of what we were talking about earlier. Exactly. So you can take advantage of that strategy to benefit you as well. Right. So like right now we've had a massive price drop because the world's about to end with coronavirus. (laughs) Right. So you, you could sell a bunch, realize that loss, take that into your 
take that into your tax calculations and then that allows you to be more profitable next year? Basically, what you would do is you would sell all your coins that are at an unrealized loss, buy them back, and you would have the same exact coins, but you'd have this huge tax loss that you could then use to offset any gains that you had in other types of assets. Like let's say somehow miraculously you made a gain in your stock trading portfolio. You could offset those gains. You can also offset some amount of income and you can roll over any excess net losses to future years. So in the future, if you do have gains, you can reduce those gains with the losses you had this year. Dude, that's so sneaky. Yeah. So basically, yeah, tax is total bullshit, but it's also a weapon you can use in your favor if you understand it. Based on what you've been doing, you know, you must have come across people who have been very negligent with their tax. Have, are there any kind of like scary stories about people that people should be aware of? We have all kinds of ridiculous stories, um, both scary ones and just absolutely comical ones too. Um, maybe I can give you one example of both. So on the scary side, there's definitely people who get some scary letters from the tax authorities, um, from the IRS in particular. We work with a lot of US users, for example, who got these warning letters from the IRS after they had either underfiled or not filed their cryptocurrency taxes with things saying they owed huge amounts of taxes. One case, over a million dollars. Another case, $800,000. Lots of cases in the tens of thousands of dollars. And these users basically don't have anywhere near that amount of money. Maybe they did a lot of trading and they got stuck in one of these situations where they you know, their unrealized bill was really high, but they didn't actually ha have that much realized gains. Or maybe they got a incomplete picture of their trading from one exchange reporting to the IRS, which is a huge issue because if you're trading across multiple exchanges or wallets, you might have withdrawn funds somewhere else. And then suddenly that exchange doesn't have that full information. And so anyways, the IRS comes, sends you a scary letter, says you owe a million dollars of taxes. You have nowhere near that amount. Um, and in these cases, we've helped these users both get all their transactions in order, create a unified ledger, draft a response, and in some cases, get that amount to an actual refund from the IRS once we've actually calculated everything properly. This has actually happened multiple times. A refund? You've turned a million into a refund? Uh, I'm not sure if that million one, and I think in the case of the million one, it ended up dramatically reducing by multiple orders of magnitude. I think there was another one where someone owed tens of thousands and it ended up in a refund. Why is that? How, how come? The reason is because oftentimes when these letters are drafted, they're not taking into account the full financial picture of a user. They're just taking a snapshot of maybe just what you did on Coinbase or just what you did on one exchange. And what actually ends up happening is maybe you did some trades there and had some gains, but then you withdrew those funds to a cold wallet or to a different exchange. And suddenly there is an incomplete view of what you did. And that can make it seem like you have incurred way more trading or way more gains than what you actually did. Another example is let's say you bought one Bitcoin for $10,000 and then you traded it back and forth between US dollars and Bitcoin a hundred times. In the eyes of the IRS, that could seem like you have traded 10,000 times a hundred. So a million dollars worth of transactions, when in reality, maybe the price of Bitcoin went from 10,000 to 11,000, back to 10,000, up to 11,000, back to 10,000. And so you only made, you know, a thousand dollar of gains a few times. They are basically not taking into account the full picture of how much you bought it for, how much you sold it for, which exchanges you moved it to. That's where these tax softwares can help give you that full picture, the full record, and then a response to the IRS saying, hey, look, 
here are all my records. I did everything right. Why are you billing me this huge amount? That's totally ridiculous. Right. Do you think the tech situation with crypto is unfair? Or do you think do you think that like are people like you looking at it and thinking there needs to be rule changes here? Definitely. The amount of gaps in, <laughs> in what the rules are and how it works is pretty astounding. Um, on the one hand, I will give some of these tax authorities a little bit of credit in the sense that I mean, this space is super nascent. It's changing all the time. There's Lightning, there's DeFi, there's margin trading, there's new exchanges, there's wallets, there's all this crazy stuff happening all the time. It's hard to keep up with it, even if you're in the space. But imagine being a regulator. So I think on the one hand, it's tough for them. But on the other hand, my God, like it's so hard to comply with these rules when they're so unclear and there's so many loopholes and it's already really, really confusing. Yeah, because there's that whole thing where every time you spend Bitcoin... Say even if it's lightning, if you spend Bitcoin, if you buy a cup of coffee on lightning, if you've made, uh, if you've realized a gain when you've made that payment, you you owe, you owe tax on that, right? Right, and that's like total nonsense. Um, like, who the hell is ever going to be expected to figure out their taxes on a cup of coffee? And so, actually, one positive change to the tax code um, that we've actually helped talk to Congress about, and we hope other people will support too, is a de minimis exception, which would basically make it so that if you have small transactions like this they're just exempt from tax. You don't have to think about it. That would help both with innovation and adoption because you can't have a currency where people are thinking about taxes on every single microtransaction. Yeah, that's probably what the government likes. It makes it really difficult for us. So should people uh, should people hate Cointracker? Um, working for the man. Yeah, I, I think uh, we hear this a lot and I, I totally get it. You know, taxes are boring. Taxes are annoying. Like, you know, screw the man. Um and if that's your perspective, it's totally, that's totally fine. Like that's a reasonable point of view. I think from our perspective, it's kind of like, this is an optional service. No one's forcing you to use it. It can help you get your taxes in order if you want to stay out of the, the crosshairs of the IRS or other tax authorities. And in many cases, we can help you save a ton of money. Like we've helped our users save over $200 million of capital losses using some of these tax strategies. So in a lot of cases, it's a free service where you can literally save money and pay the tax man less money. So from that perspective, I think it actually can often have a really positive benefit for you in terms of paying less tax. All right, cool. So how's business going? Are you guys crushing it? Um, yeah, things have been good overall. Um, we had over 4x the number of new tax filers year over year in nice. February of this year compared to last year. Although, who knows, with this new recession and you know crazy times with lockdowns everywhere, we'll see how, how things go. Another thing that may happen, we don't know yet, is there may be a tax extension granted in some countries because of the kind of just chaos of what's happening in the world. So we'll see. It's 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 going to be a chaotic year. Yeah, you guys on lockdown there. We are. Yeah, everyone's remote, work from home, sort of indefinitely until until further notice. Is it voluntary lockdown right now, or is it enforced? Is the army on the streets keeping you? Yeah, I, I was watching your previous episodes around Chile and things like that. That hasn't happened yet, but you never know. Um, I just read an article actually right before we jumped on this interview from the SF Chronicle, our, our local newspaper, saying that we're basically in like take shelter mode in San Francisco now. So you're not supposed to go anywhere unless it's absolutely essential. So you can you have to go to the pharmacy and the grocery store and you can go on walks or runs if you're staying six feet or more away from other people. But there's no meetings of any kind allowed outside anymore. Yeah, but you guys can do remote. You're a you're an online business. All right. Well, yeah. listen. Look, this stuff's super useful. I think people need to hear it. It's be a nice little bonus show we'll get out for people. If somebody hasn't heard the ad and they want to find out a bit more about Coin Tracker, tell them tell them about the business. How do they find out more about you guys? 
Yeah, it's pretty straightforward. The website is cointracker.io. Um, there's actually a discount if you're coming from this episode, cointracker.io forward slash A forward slash WBD for what Bitcoin did. In, it, in essence, we offer free cryptocurrency portfolio tracking and cryptocurrency tax service. Um, it's free for users up to 200 transactions a year. And there's the discount for people who have more. It basically will make your portfolio tracking and taxes super simple. And it's available online. It's also, you can check it out on the App Store and the Play Store. So yeah, give, give, us, give us a check. And if you have questions, like please feel free to, to reach out to us on Twitter. We're at Cointracker. Cool. And how much did you pay me for to record this show? Uh, I can't disclose that amount. It was, you know, your fees are super high, Peter. Um, I'm yes. just kidding. It, it was, this was, there was no payment for, for being on the show, and I appreciate you having it, despite um, a lot of people hating taxes. Yeah, I know. Look, listen, it happens, and people, you know, because because what it is, people always want to pay to come on the show, and also everyone wants to criticize everything. I think every sponsor I've ever had has been criticized. So don't worry about that. But look, appreciate you sponsoring the show. Appreciate you doing this at short notice. I think this should we should get this out. Um, hopefully, people get something from it. And yeah, wish you wish you the best, man. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Peter. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Thanks, man. All right, how was that? I hope you enjoyed this short bonus episode about the exciting world of tax. It was good to get Chandan on to the show and go through the benefits of filing your tax returns and also very interesting to hear about exchanges are now getting subpoenaed. So that might affect some of you. It is bullshit. I understand that, but it is the reality of the world we live in. Now, I don't normally do sponsor shows unless they've got some really cool new development that I would have covered anyway or whether it's an interesting story. So please don't write to me and think you can get on the show by being a sponsor because it isn't something that I offer. Uh, I just covered this because of the feedback. I think it's always good to respond to feedback. Anyway, back into the lockdown, back to this very strange world we're living in right now. I do hope you're all well. I hope you're all keeping safe, both physically and mentally. These are very strange times. And yeah, just wish you all the best. I'm here if anyone needs someone to talk to. You can reach out to me. It's hello at whatbitcoindid.com. Yeah, just reach out if you if you need someone to talk to. Okay, stay safe. Speak to you soon.